Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone. Bienvenidos. I am so happy to be here with someone that I've recently met. I'm still working on reading her book, but I've been so moved to get to know her and to share her work with you. Please, everybody, welcome Atava Garcia Swayzeki. Hey, Atava. Hi, Vanessa. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. <laughs> Great. So I'm honored. so glad you're here. Atava is just She's, a, she's so sweet and so kind and so grounded in her work. We just spent a couple of minutes like connecting about what, you know, what she's doing and what she's working on and um, just love your energy and your, the name of your business is Ancestral Apothecary, right? Correct. Great. And so before we get into this, everyone, I want to share her bio. So Ataba Garcia Swayzeki is, is guided by her dreams and her Mexican, Polish, Hungarian, and Diné ancestors. She received a bachelor's in feminist studies from Stanford University and a master's degree from the Indigenous Mind programs at Naropa University in Oakland. Atava has studied healing arts extensively for over 30 years and has been mentored by herbalists, curanderas, and traditional knowledge keepers. She works as a clinical herbalist and teacher. She is the founder of the Ancestral Apothecary School of Herbal, Folk, and Indigenous Medicine on can you help me with the word Ahaloni territory? Ahaloni territory. Ahaloni territory. Thank you. In Oakland. And she currently lives in Tiwa Pueblo territory in Albuquerque. Her personal website is ancestralapothecary.com, but we'll share all of that in the notes. Atava, are, do you come from a family of curanderas or was it something that you reconnected with at some point in your life and then suddenly started walking this path how did this unfold for you yeah thanks for asking and i in prep for this podcast i listened to you know some of yours especially your story so i, I know your your journey of coming to the coming out uh, with your with your medicina and i've also had the opportunity to witness and support many people um you know and, and I, I think each path is different for me um I'd say my parents grew up very assimilated. And so when it came to me, so all of my grandparents, I always like to say, spoke a language, a first language other than English. And then by the time my parents came along, you know, Spanish or Polish was just spoken by the adults, right? And not by the children, but that's also, I feel like that also relates to the, the cultural things that were, were lost. Um, so I grew up um, in the suburbs and, Really, I actually never even met a curandera until I was in my 20s. And that was when I read about in the book, Doña Enriqueta 
Contreras, a Zapotec healer from Oaxaca. Beautiful, beautiful, powerful being, still working. She still has her mission to like transform the world. But um, I, I, I think I'm someone, when I look back, so I'm almost 54, and when I look back at my life, like I think I was always called to, to curanderismo or herbalism. Like I really identify first and foremost as an herbalist or traditional healing as a young person, but I had I had no role models and no context. There weren't, you know, in the in the eighties and nineties, there weren't curanderismo classes or whatever. It was it was in communities practiced discreetly or whatever, but yes. it wasn't wasn't something. And of course, I think we're close enough in age, like you know, there wasn't Facebook or ID. Oh my God, no! And like my mom was doing la limpia de huevo, right? Con el huevo, and she did that like every month for us, or something. And she was doing el cura. She would do the limpacho and el mal de ojo, right? The evil eye and all that. But it wasn't like you could find someone outside if you had it within your home. Yeah. And so I totally, yeah, we didn't have Facebook. We have, and I bet <laughs> whoever go to the library, I'm like looking for, for like brujeria or, or, or healing or something. And all I see is like Satanism. I'm like, no. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, yeah. Was, it was a different time. And, you know, and there's a reason. And I actually learned about this researching my book that things had to be discreet and underground and hidden because of, because of persecution. Yes. Um, so in my family, I would say the one thing that was still very, very present in both of my parents, my father's Polish American, well, he's now an ancestor, but was their love and their commitment to gardening and to tending the earth. Like my entire life, they always garden um, and always tending to plants, planting flowers and vegetables. And so I really, I really, and I feel like that's actually an, an essential part that even though it wasn't named, this is what we do. It's like, that consciousness of tending to earth, creating beauty, creating habitat, you know, feeding the birds. My dad built a koi pond. So um, it, it was really, and this is why I say I was guided by my dreams. It was really different dreams throughout my life that, and, and again, nobody in my family was like, listen to your dreams and do this. My father a, a little bit, but um, not, not very, not directly, but different dreams guided me to different <laughs> communities and places and people and teachers. And, and when I was in the early, early 90s, I went to my first herbal gathering. It was the Northern California Women's Herbal Symposium. I went with my sister. And when I stepped onto that land and just like my eyes opened to this world of herbs, <laughs> I, I, I just felt like I'd come home. I was like, I, no one ever told me what an herbalist does or why you would use plants for medicine, but it was just, it was just a knowing. And through that, I met my first herbal teacher. And, and at that point, I started becoming very curious because this gathering was also predominantly white and not a lot of the herbal trainings in, in California and in Northern California were predominantly from like a Euro white American perspective. And I was like, well, what, what did my ancestors do? What did my ancestors do? And I was very close to studying acupuncture because I just wanted further training. But the prayer in my heart was, I, I want to know the medicine of my ancestors. There is something. I could just feel it. And, um, and that's when I, I met Doña Enriqueta um, when I was working at an herbal store. And, 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 and it was a similar thing. When I met her, I was like, 
I, I loved her. I was also kind of, you know, afraid of her in a good way, like someone so powerful and, you know, <laughs> yes. all the curanderas are strict, right? They don't get let, let you away or let you right. get away with shit. Oops, I, can I, I say that online? People like romanticize. So I love that you just said that because I feel like yeah, the youngins and they and that's great. Like I, it's good to be a youngin, but the youngins are very like romanticizing. And I'm like, um, no. All my elder teachers would be like, be here at eight. You were there at eight or whatever. They will close the door on you. Exactly. I mean, strict, like you know, like you got to do this, and this is the way it's got to be done. So yes, go ahead. So yeah, yeah. And actually, I think I, there's even a line in my book where I said, I, before I met Doña Queta, I, I, I had a romanticized version of curanderismo or curanderas. I was like, they do the limpias or healing. But live, I lived with her for a while in Oaxaca, and I was like 99% hard work, sacrifice, selfless dedication to her, her community. To, you know, people would knock on her door and day and night. And I was like, wow, this is this isn't just something to do. This is like, it's a calling and it's a commitment. It's a responsibility. So, you know, that really, you know, I, I was kind of continuing my herbal studies and then began to weave in, you know, more and more experiences, mentoring with different curanderas, curanderos. Um, so that's really how I came to it. So I, I feel like, you know, some, a lot of people come to the medicine or they come back to the medicina like you, where it was in the family somehow it got kind of subdued and then <laughs> and then they reclaim it or else I've, I, some of the women I interviewed in the book, it was never even subdued. It was just, this is what we do. This is how we take yeah. care of ourselves. And I feel like I represent the, the stream of people who it seemed quote lost or not present, but you know, once I think once we're around it, our, our bodies, our bones, our blood, our soul, our essences know, right. It's familiar. And, and, and I will say, you know, because I have, you know, more than half European ancestry is that when I studied my Polish ancestry, there's actually very similar practices, very similar traditions. And, you know, like in Poland, they do a Olympia like they don't call it that, but they use a potato <laughs> instead of an egg or they'll use like forks and knives and fire. And so I, I, I think there's this way of like working with the elements of the earth with the plantitas, with the water, with the fire, with the, the ground, the dirt, you know, that is just universal, you know, and, and what, you know, and I think curanderismo has a way because it hasn't been codified like traditional Chinese medicine, that yeah. it still has the freedom to have the magical and the mystical and the emotional and the empathic, you know, parts to it, you know, so it's, it's, so I know I got off the, how I got to no, the I love that, it. that's how I got. And, um, and then, you know, just to segue to like how I started teaching was again, I, I, I was like, how come that, how come I'm living in California and nobody really knows about like our traditional medicine about curanderismo that comes from Mexico or, you know, central Latin America, South America. Um, and yet, you know, California is like almost majority, maybe it is now Latinx, like what, what's happening? And, you know, why isn't this taught in herbal schools? Why isn't it? Um, so it's like, well, I want to create a class, an herbal medicine class that really teaches herbalism, but through the lens of, of curanderismo that, you know, we're not just talking about plants as like 
this biochemical constituent, you know, which is, I like science, I like learning that, but like what's the spirit of the plant, what's the history, how have our ancestors used it, what is my relationship to the plant, and how are we going to use it for tea, but also for banyo or limpia. So that's when I created the class, the Curandetics Toolkit, which the first version was Curandetas Toolkit, and then it evolved through the years to have Curandetics just to include all of our gender non-conforming and trans folks in, in my community, our communities. So I, I, I was really creating a class that like I had wished had been there for me when I was a young person on, on the search to reconnect with ancestral medicine. And what I didn't expect was that it would resonate with a lot of people and a lot of people would be drawn to coming to the class and learning. And, and so what happened in Oakland is that class really became like an incubator for, for folks who would come and a lot of them already had so much rich, you know, medicina in their, in their family tradition, like alive, but it was just like giving them permission to be like, yes, this is yours. You can practice. You have, you have your own don, right? You have your gifts and we're going to create a community to like bring it, you know, into the world, like out from <laughs> where, where it's been hidden or, you know, kind of put in the whatever, the corner because of all of the, the history of persecution and, you know, witch craze and witch hunts and which was very much alive or still is in, in the world and still, you know, the, the elders I, I spoke, I interviewed who were in their 60s or 70s, like that was a thing, like they couldn't, yeah, they couldn't come out, you right. know, no, they could absolutely. lose their jobs, you know, they could. I actually got, I actually got, um, I lost my job in New York City when I was 24, during lunch, I was reading a natal chart. I'm also an astrologer, and um, which I didn't even claim to the last whatever decade. But at 19, I was reading charts, and I think I was 24, and I was in film. So you would think that film is more cutting edge, the industry more open. It's New York City, and I read a chart during lunch, you know, and it's right in front of me. I drew it out, did all the things. We didn't have these uh, websites that we were doing and downloading everything. And it was just lunch, my lunchtime. And my boss was like, I thought you were smart. Oh, wow. Now I'm sadly mistaken. And I and wanted to point out a couple of things. Like, of course, we in general didn't come out because of persecution and also of the reclaiming of what's already there and giving the permission. Something interesting that I found out when I got online many years ago and then started talking to other people. See, in New York City, Latinas of all backgrounds and races still have the flavor. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and it's a lot of it is because there's the West African influence and the African influence. So in Santeria, even though it's so mixed, right, with uh, Catholicism, because it was hidden, the Orishas were hidden behind the saints. Mm -hmm. So I would do circles and I would meet with people. Different people would come in, but there was still a knowing, even if people were hiding it. Mm -hmm. But then I met so many Mexican-American from California who are like, oh, we don't know anything but, but Jesus and the church. So it's interesting. It feels like the Lat some of the Latin American population really got like smashed down with the European witch craze, right? From the forest hundred centuries, like mm -hmm. 1400 to 1800s, right? In Europe. And then continued with the exactly. colonization in Latin America, whereas enslaved peoples from Africa in general, I'm really generalizing, right? But the ones I met from New York, 
they kept the flavor. They were still lighting the candle. They were like, well, I do go to church, but I'm lighting this for Shango. Well, let me do a little Oshun bath. So it's interesting. Have you ever noticed that? Or have you just stayed in California? So you didn't meet like Latinos from other places? Like what's your experience with that? I don't know. Yeah, I, just... I was in, I was in California really my entire adult life. I've just two years now in, in New Mexico. So yeah, and, and there's definitely strong like Afro-Latino and um, Afri you know, African-American communities there. So that, that those communities are very alive, the Santeria and the um, Ifa and all of that. Um, and some of those folks would come to my classes and, 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 but there wasn't, but I would say the predominant students were the ones who, who there was just like a gap or, or, you know, something had been broken and lost and sometimes just in their own lifetimes. Like some people, when they're, they were children, like they, their abuela would give them the, you know, the limpia de huevo and all of that. But then, you know, they go to college or whatever, and there's all that, that internalized colonization or, or whatever, we, we, you know, like we don't, that superstition, we don't do that. And, but then like coming back to it, um, what and I'm just really compelled to say this one thing is one thing I witnessed, and I hopefully it comes across in my book is that that return to these ancestral practices is one of the most profoundly healing and transformative tools that I've you know I've seen people with you know histories of trauma of all types just really be able to like finally have practices to take care of our to you know tend to ourselves you know maybe along with therapy but it brings us in a different place than therapy because you know we could talk about our things but you know and i think this is a lot Agreed. coming out with the with a lot of the somatic therapy work and especially done by pe bipoc people is just recognizing that our our trauma is is somatic and 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 i feel like so many and to heal it there needs to be a somatic shift right and I and I think curanderismo like uh, I don't know about your experience of limpias but when I've been in them or you know, supporting them or giving them like they're cathartic I mean people are screaming and crying and shaking and throwing up and and and, and that's moving the the aires the energy out in, in a way that like people you know, some very deep old patterns that have been in, uh, you know, maybe someone's lineage for generations can, can be released. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's so it's, it's different than New York. And, and I, I hope I'm actually, I hope to make it to New York with my book tour because I really want to cross pollinate. Ah. I've been feeling that like, there's something for me there. <laughs> Yes, there is. There is. And I remember, like, I was so grateful for my Afro-Latina mentors. Like, I studied with somebody who was part of 21 Divisiones, which is like a Dominican path, many Santeras. Um, I started to be, and my mom was doing limpias on us, like, every month. And she would do many different things in the house. And she had the albaca, and she was, like, growing so different herbs. But it was already just part of life. It wasn't seen as something weird or something different. And she used to do something that I don't even remember the name, but if you had an aire and um, you had like either was it trapped gas and empacho, she was running something down your body. I don't know what it's called, but it was like almost like a chalk or something. And when it broke, it was that the aire left and literally oh. like your stomach, your stomach pain left. Uh, I had that. I don't really have stomach pain, but like two weeks ago, I was like, oh my God, necesito 
sacar este empacho, right? But my mom is not here with us. Um, but it's so interesting as I did the peppermint, I did other things, but I kept thinking, oh my God, I missed that tradition that my mom had that everybody kind of looks at me like, no, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, it's so important for us to reconnect. And, you know, I do hypnosis now over 20 years and there are people who've come in and have said to me, Vanessa, I've been to the doctor. Uh, this is what's happening to me. I'm bleeding. I don't have endometriosis. My monthly periods are so bad. I can't even work because I'm bleeding half the month. Right. I've tried this. I've tried that. I've tried this. I've been to acupuncture. I've meditated. I've cried to the ancestors and we go into the subconscious mind release. Like, cause I, I do ask questions. I'm like, what happened to you that year that that started happening to you? There was a rape. Okay. And we go in and we feel we release it through hypnosis, but I also use breath work. And I think it was supposed to be three sessions and this was a long one and she never called back. And when she finally called back, she was like, oh, it stopped. It was over. And also it was some past lives, right? We released some past lives of torture and abuse and colonization. But I mean, we do need these other practices. I always encourage my listeners, my clients, get yourself to therapy, check out things like EMDR, somatic healing modalities, mm -hmm. reclaim your practices. That's why I'm so happy to have you here. And, um, and, and tap into your, your culture, right? And half of my ancestors too are Europeans from different places, right? And then I have indigenous ancestors and then I also have West African ancestors. Um, tap into what you feel called to and, and, and really dive deep and allow yourself to integrate and remember and reclaim, like you said, in your heart, in your soul, in your blood, because it's all there for us mm -hmm. and we need these releases. So mm -hmm. I love it. What would you say, Atava, for someone who's listening is like, oh my God, I know I have healers in my family, um, but I feel so cut off. Like, yes, we're going to say, get your book, right? The <laughs> toolkit. And what would you suggest would be a starting place? Just on a practical. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I say if there's, still living relatives who have knowledge talk to them record them you know like i, I and, and what i've noticed because i've had students in my another program i taught called say say mana which was a nine-month herbal training program we had an ancestral medicine project and everyone needed to research about their ancestral a, a, a medicine practice from their ancestral lineage and this was you know, people from all over the world, ancestral, you know, ancestors from all continents. Um, but what, what happened time and time again is like they would have, a, you know, an abuelo, abuela, or an elder, a tia, who, who they thought just maybe knew a little bit, but then once they started asking the questions, it's just like <laughs> a lot of information, a lot of information. And, and also, about, you know, I think it always was healing because people, the elders felt seen and respected and like their knowledge was valuable because probably a lot of them had been holding on to that, you know, internalized colonization of shame or, or whatever, whatever around medicine. Um, so that's what I say. If there's living elders, talk to them, record them. And if they're not in your family, they may be in your community. Um, and, and like we said, like, help them help them what weed their garden or <laughs> carry their groceries and just build that relationship and and so that that's one way um and then the other way and i and this is what i did although not maybe not uh, not knowingly but just making a prayer like talking to your ancestors making an offering you know saying you know i i want i i want to know 
you, you know, my medicina, like, and, and then having that as a prayer in your heart and, and things will come to you. I mean, that's, that's how it happened to me. And then Doña Enriqueta walks into the store and my whole life is, you know, changed. And, um, cause I do, especially at this time, there are more opportunities to study like in New Mexico, I don't know if you know at the University of New Mexico, yes. they, they have the two week curanderismo course, which has been going on for over 20 years and they bring in all kinds of healers. So, you know, if you don't have a healer, curandera, curanderex, curandero in your family, you know, you can reach out and find that your maestra and, and then just know that that is a relationship that you build to like one thing I really feel like how this way of learning is different than going to college is a lot of it is about mentorship and apprenticeship and as as the mentees we are of service you know I swept Doña Nidiketa's floor I carried her groceries I you know I did all the stuff behind the scenes and I mean it wore me out I was like 30 years younger and I was like exhausted <laughs> so totally. it's not like you can just I mean yes we can pay and go to a workshop but it but to really get the essence of it, it, it it's really like I feel like the ancestors are looking at us like are you committed like is this yes. are you committed yes. are you going to hold this are you going to use this to serve your community it, you know like and, and then things unfold and and I, I would say also have have patience because I do see this with younger folks. It's like, oh, I want to learn and then like be in practice. It's like, no, it takes it takes time. Like, and the other thing I, I gotta give you some always say is is work on your work on ourselves, work on myself, work on our own issues, our own traumas, and like work with the medicine on ourselves to see what it's like, you know. And and you know, and eventually, like I remember when. I, I was, you know, been studying with Doña Enriqueta and also Estela Roman for years, and I was like, "How will I know when I'm ready to do Olympia?" You know, and Estela is like, "Well, when people start asking you." And sure enough, like there was, you know, maybe after like ten years of, you know, apprenticeship, it's just like people were like, "Atava, I got in a car accident. You know, can you get me Olympia?" I'm like, oh, "Okay, well, I guess, you know." But of course, check in with ourselves: Are we ready? Are we, because uh, that's a big energetic space to hold for somebody so yeah I, I think it's you know it's such an interesting time because I feel like capitalism and white body supremacy and patriarchy is just like acting like a spoiled brat and like but at the same time I really feel like that the this ancestral medicine of all people like this it, in the power of in the feminine and all forms and all bodies is really rising. <laughs> yes. um, I personally think it's the antidote. It's like, okay, they can do all their stuff, but we still have this, like no one, I have my, I have my yerbas in my yard. Like <laughs> that's my healthcare plan. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. I love that so much. And I agree with you. And it is, it's like pa the patriarchy is rising up for its last like hold on, you know, before it crumples, but we do. And I think that there's no, it's, it, there's a reason why the last 25 years while we were in the pandemic, most people were stuck inside and they were actually healing. Mm -hmm. Like as I was sharing with you, I've been online 10 years um, now, but in the last three years, my business tripled um, and I saw more and more and more BIPOC, Latinx, and that's why I created the school to support the next generation of healers that everybody was like, I got to heal my ancestor. Gotta heal. Everybody knew, everybody's mm -hmm. like intuitively knew. 
And I think because we're being prepared and I love what you said, you said you were, you were in um, an internship or apprenticeship rather for almost 10 years. Right. And, you know, we're not telling y'all everybody out there that you've got to like do it for 10 years, but I just want you to know that, and then I've said this before and I'll say it again, repeating information that we see online or repeating information that we see in a book and just reading it to people does not constitute that you're ready to heal. Because I find, right, on TikTok and other spaces, people just read information that somebody else probably took a lifetime to share. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, I'm a curandera, I'm a healer. Yes, we have it within us. Allow yourself the space, as Atava said, to heal, to release your own trauma, to study with one teacher, be really committed, then to go work with someone else if you feel called. Because I think we're creating a lot of insta insta pacos, insta healers, insta priestesses. Um, we have it within us. That doesn't mean we still need to anchor it into this current reality of what we have, into the current personality and the trauma we've experienced and then embody it so it can come forth. And it takes a lifetime, right? Like you've been mm-hmm. doing it 30 years. Uh, I mean, I didn't really come out as a full-time business till I was 40, right? But I was reading people since I was 16 and professionally since mm-hmm. my 20s and hypnosis since my 20s. And it's like, I feel like when the pandemic happened, a lot of healers pulled back to rest. I came in like, bam. I mean, I was like, <laughs> but it, why? Because my ancestors, my parents had passed my brother, hello, you trained all your life, like, Sally, dale, vamos, vamos. And I'm like, oh, but I'm already out here. They're like, no, you need to be really out there. And mm. so everyone's different. Everybody, some people may have worked a lot, needed that rest, some people. But just know that when you see someone like Atava and you see her beautiful Curanderics toolkit, you see someone like me or other healers that have been around for a little bit. And I know that next generation healers are like, oh my God, I can't wait everything that you do is guiding you to your own path, your own elderhood, your own space of, of embodiment and just be kind to yourselves and take that time. Yeah. And that, that, can I just add something that I, I'm sure you agree, but curanderismo is like a daily practice. It's a lifestyle. It's a culture. It's not just like a technique that we learn. So it's like every one of us, we always have to be tending to ourselves. And there's been many, many times when I've taken breaks because I've had a physical health crisis or someone in my family was ill and dying. Like, it's not like we arrived. And this is something my own mind had to learn because I, I felt like healers, they're perfect. They're on a pedestal. It's like, we're just as human. We suffer. We mess up. We get sick. Um, you know, we have crises in our family. So we also have to remember to tend to ourselves and, and find ways to bring the, the medicina into our every single day of our lives. You know, it, it's not just something we do on the weekends or, and, and, and then it just becomes, and, and I think who we serve just flows naturally. Like, I don't, like, I think when I was younger, I was like, oh, I want all these clients. I want, and it's like, whoa, that's exhausting. Like, that's a lot of space to hold. Like, maybe we just take care of our beloved, our inner circle, our family, our closest friends. And I mean, and that's, that's enough, right? Yes. Like, just well, that's that what it was we, for originally. That's exactly. Really what Curandera did, a Bruja did, a healer. I mean, it's usually your family and your community. Exactly, um, right. So I love that. So before we close, because I know we could talk forever and I love everything <laughs> you've said. 
And I'm either going to bring you back to talk more about your book in the future, I feel, or to talk about something else. Cause like, I think we have a lot to talk about. Tell me a talk about what are some of the ancestral patterns you've had to break to be who you are right now? Or oh yeah. That, that's a big question. <laughs> I know we have like five yeah. minutes left, but I anyway, but ancestor, I mean, I feel like for me, you know, and, and this, it, it is interesting. And again, I think we've both seen the trajectory. Like when I was interested in healing my ancestors in my early twenties, there wasn't a lot, there wasn't conversation about it in the, in the mainstream. Like I know it was definitely happening in, in indigenous communities and African-American communities. And, um, but in terms of just the common language or the conversation, like it, it is now, it wasn't out. Um, so I think when I was young, I was like, oh, I want to heal my ancestors. And, and now as I'm older, I'm like, that was also a lot, a lot to um, <laughs> take on. Like we, we can make the little shifts in, in our lives. Um, I know when I first started practicing, practicing herbalism, I had a series of dreams of just being chased and wow. persecuted. I was like, oh, yeah, I, I'm sure somebody yeah. in one of my lineages was murdered or jailed or shunned because they were practicing with plants, right? I mean, I, I just had that, had that feeling. So um, just coming out in that way and, and having to face that fear. I feel like for every, every shift, there's something else I had to, had to face. I mean, I'd say one of the biggest ancestral healings was around my, my father's lineage around my Polish side because I didn't want, I didn't want to claim that side, you know, people who are mixed race, it's, you know, and all, all of the problems about, you know, racism and white supremacy and all of that. And, um, but really on this journey to Poland and meeting traditional healers there and learning more about the culture. And actually the more I learned, I was like, it's actually a lot like Mexican culture, like just how the earth Tonantzin and, and Mexico became our Lady of Guadalupe, like in, in Mexico, I mean, sorry, in Poland, the earth deity, the Matka Gemma, Moist Mother Earth became like Our Lady of Czestochowa or any of the millions of different, you know, Virgin Marys there. Like it, there was just so many more similarities. And, and also I, what I was able to do was actually as I studied the history of Poland and the immigration and the literally this time when Poland had been completely colonized and um, occupied by three other nations and you couldn't speak Polish I was like oh I actually understood my father I understood his family and I was able to heal that part of myself and also like accept and claim those ancestors like I really believe we all have to accept and claim all of our ancestors even the ones we didn't like even the ones who did bad stuff because if we don't face that if we don't transform that then it just keeps repeating so I feel like you know I would say I would say that that was a really big and you know it's all connected like I feel like the, the medicine that runs through me you know I would say the don't my don it it comes from all of my ancestors it, it just because of living in, you know, North America, proximity to Mexico, having access to, you know, traditional healers from there, I was able to develop it in this, this lens of curanderismo. But if I was, you know, if I had a mentor from Poland, maybe I would be identifying with that lineage, right? 
I mean, as my healing work and maybe, maybe they'll come. I hope, I hope I live long enough to, to do that. So, um, so I think it's, it's conti a continuous process of noticing what parts of traits that we have that we may just think, oh, this is how I am, or this is how my family is. But actually, oh no, this this comes from some pattern that I want I want to change. Like you know, a pattern that is in my mother's side of the family is depression, and my grandmother was suicide, you know, attempted suicide many times, and so I, I see that in in my lineage, and I and I and I have to see when that comes up in myself and and work with it. Right? It's like right, right. that's the other thing of you know, if you're walking with medicine, like we have a responsibility to take care of ourselves. With the, with the tools that we, we work with, right? We can't be like, oh, I'm, I'm sad and depressed or this bad thing happened to me. I'm gonna just crumple and you know, watch Netflix and eat a lot of chocolate, which is fine. Yeah, <laughs> we, can we can do it for a day or two. <laughs> then we're gonna pick up la campanita or an herb and we're gonna do what we do, yeah, right? Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's the responsibility is we have to keep engaging, you know, it's like life comes. I feel like it's almost like a, I don't like the word combat, but it's like life comes. Okay, well, it hits, you know, knocks us down. Okay, but I have, I can take a, do a baño. You know, I can give myself a limpia. Yes. I can, if it's bigger than I can tend to, I, I call one of my friends and say, I need, I need this. I, you know, I need a circle. I need a ceremony. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much. I think we could have many conversations. Yeah, I definitely want you back. I want you back. So, where can people find your beautiful book? Yeah, and if you can repeat your website or your Instagram. For yes. Us. So, um, my book, The Curanderics Toolkit: Reclaiming Ancestral Latinx Plant Medicine and Rituals for Healing, is published by Heyday Books. So it's H E Y D A Y Books dot com. And if people listen to this before the end of August, if you order it from Heyday and use the discount code La Medicina, L-A, then separate word Medicina, you get, you get a discount. So I would recommend ordering it from a pre, uh, the publisher or, or going to your small local bookstore asking them to order it so we're not giving Jeff Bezos more money. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, my, I have two websites. The school, Ancestral Apothecary School, is ancestralapothecaryschool.com. We will be teaching um, the Curandetics Toolkit class starting in September, so people can sign up for that. And there's some other class offerings that will be emerging kind of based on the, the book and some of the people in it. And my personal site is ancestralapothecary.com. And our Instagram is ancestralapothecary.com and I'm actually starting a new one called Curanderics Toolkit. I think I just tagged you on that. <laughs> <laughs> on the Curanderics Toolkit? Yeah, I actually, I, I need to, um, right now the main one I'm using is the other one, but in the transition that we talked about before, I, I need to shift to my own account and not just always be associated with the school because that hopefully will have a new steward when we win this air. I mean, unless you're giving them that Instagram, you know, you could just go into the account that you have and change the name. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, they'll 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 get it. Yeah. No, but I, yeah, you can. But I mean, you don't have to create a new account. Mm -hmm. You can just go into the one that you have mm -hmm. and go in and just change the name to Curanderics Toolkit because you already have the followers. Right. So that's a thought. 
All right, Etava, I me encantó tenerte aquí con nosotros. Gracias por tu mm, medicina. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Connect your medicina. Check out this beautiful book. I'm going to bring her back because she's wise and she's honest. And thank you, Etava, because I really feel like, I mean, thank you for your sacred work. Thank you for listening to your dreams and following them. I'm inspired by you. You're someone to watch. You're someone to read. And I'm excited for the next phase of evolution for your sacred work in the world. Gracias. Gracias de nada. Bye, everyone.